Back without a beanie. Uh, I am your host this week, Joe Dorville. You are listening to Cheers from the Press Box. I am here with my co-host, as always, the glorious. That's where you say your name. Oh, Brennan Tassel. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it, and then I was like, oh, does he not want to call me Brandon again by accident? Nope, nope. And I didn't, and that's why I did that. Um Hey, so what's uh, going on, everybody? What's up, Joe? What's I am good. Big week, big week. Big week, bigger week for you. Uh, my team had a bye week, thankfully. Yeah. They spared me the anxiety, angst, and uh, immediate depression and withdrawal. They gave me yeah. a bye week, thankfully. So, as always, we're going to hit you guys at the kickoff, discuss a couple games uh, around the sports calendar, and mostly football at this time of the year. Um, there was a NASCAR race. We didn't put it in the rundown, but shout out to Chase Elliott. Youngest player to win the uh, NASCAR Sprint Series. Um, oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got quick hips for you guys, and we actually have walk-offs because we don't have a long-winded interview with a Mr. Tyler White who wouldn't stop talking. Um, <laughs> love you, Ty Ty. But, uh, yeah, so without further ado. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Well, here we go. Brennan. Yes, sir. Bins, cards. Biggest game of the weekend. Biggest game of the weekend. That's what we're doing. We always start with the biggest game of the weekend in our eyes. Yeah. I was wrong about Tua. You were wrong well, about Tua. I, yeah. Let's, I was I'm, wrong I'm not as gonna, well. I'm not going to jump to I was wrong because I've made that mistake with the Browns. <laughs> um, but I will say that uh, last week Tua did not have a great showing, and then this week he looked really good. He didn't so, need to have a great showing last week. That's the thing. I, I mean, mean, it was it was like another level of not good, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. Yeah. No. But yeah. For he didn't sure. Need to have a good game last week. Yeah. Yeah. The defense kind of provided the uh, provided the uh, safety net for them. But uh, going against a good uh, Cardinals team, everyone knows how I feel about the Cardinals. Kyler Murray looked really good. And had over a hundred yards rushing again. Three touchdowns. Two eight three through the air, but Tua Tungavaloa came through big. Two touchdowns, 248 yards, 20 to 28, man. They uh, looked good. Uh, Miami's defense, uh, while it is vaunted, did not look as um, good as it has in the past, giving up obviously 31 points. But uh, Yes, but they did uh, They did what they did last week, continuing a bit of a streak now, getting a defensive touchdown right out the gate. Um, yep. Shaq Lawson, who was a former Bill, I'm pretty sure, picked up a fumble, took it back to the, his house, and uh, that was the start of their... Uh, I mean, they held the lead for most of the game. It was pretty much Carolina trying to... Carolina? No. Cardinals. C-A-R threw me off. C-A-R threw me off. Uh, It was mainly the Cardinals pretty much trying to catch up from that initial turnover for a touchdown. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, it's, you know, those couple of plays in every game that can kind of swing how it's going, which we'll talk about later in my walk-off. Yeah. But yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a really good game. I think it's so bizarre this whole idea of, and we talked about it last week of the Dolphins needing to see what they have into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you took them with the fifth pick. I, but it's the NFL today. Is you know they put them in, they put them in early, and they see what they have. I just, I don't know. Again, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think yeah. they had a better, better chance with uh, Fitz Magic, especially. I don't, but okay. I think going down the stretch, though, you're going to want that poise but and that Fitzpatrick, leadership. Uh, I didn't know we were going to have an argument here. But uh, first, before I get into that, Flores has dispelled that rumor of this was a tryout for um, Tua. But Fitzpatrick, 
it, of course it, he has to dispel you, that rumor. You, sim- you Fitzpatrick sympathizers. The guy's never been to the playoffs. Why did you think this was going to be the year he led a team to the playoffs? I'm just saying, <laughs> in, in round one, when Tua throws three picks and gets sacked like six times because he holds on to the ball too long. I can long. show you 30 times where Fitzpatrick has done that, and he probably definitely would have done that later this season. All right. All right. No, I I, I know. It's just. How many picks does Tua have this year? Goose egg. Goose, Goose egg. egg. Yeah, but how many attempts does he have this year? Hey, that's not what I asked. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically you're right. That is not what you asked. But um, I don't know um, what's going on with the uh, – the Cardinals, I mean, not I don't I shouldn't say I don't know what's going on, but you know they have a, a very good offense. Obviously, Kyler Murray. Um, it's so bizarre to listen to some of the um, different uh, sports media because it's like, oh, Kyler Murray, you know, he's the best runner. He can throw the ball down the field. You know, there's that statistic about uh, passes over thirty air, thirty air yards. He's like eighty yeah. percent um, or better in games, which I understand, but it's like. Lamar Jackson is the reigning MVP. Like this was just a year ago where Lamar Jackson was one of the, you know, was the most versatile quarterback in the NFL and the last, and I'm only taking this from the last few shows I've listened to on different podcasts and uh, like radio shows and stuff. But it's like, Oh, like it's this recency bias. Yeah. And it's, it, it no, bothers the shit out of me. Everybody's always looking for the next best thing. That's the thing. That's what I was talking about last week when I was talking about Lamar, like his recent performances, quote unquote, are bad, even though there's only two losses on the season. Everybody's like, oh, he's bad now. But then uh, in the same week, Jared Goff had a same amount of turnovers. Carson Wentz had the same amount of turnovers. And Wentz, I mean, gets shit on in perpetuity because the Eagles just look fucking horrible. But no one said anything about Goff in the same way because if you don't have expectations for anyone, you're not going to tear them down. We have supposedly expectations for Kyler because he was the number one pick. So at every turn, they're going to want to put him up in front of the media as the face of the future, basically. I, yeah, and I understand that. It's just really frustrating as someone who, you know, and I'm sure you're the same way. You, you like, you know, football, you watch a lot of football. And I'm sure this is for a lot of fans out there who don't have a team with the number one pick or who are maybe not in a giant media market so they don't get enough attention. But it's like, like literally the Titans lost like one game was it two or three weeks ago. And then it seemed like they just like nobody was talking about the Titans for like a, a whole, you know, yeah. for almost two weeks. And it's like. Like and same thing with Lamar. Like Lamar plays for Baltimore, and they've got one of the better defenses this year. And they trade for you know the Jacksonville 2017 AFC starting <laughs> defensive line. And but like it's so frustrating to hear these talk shows and to hear these podcasts and stuff where they're like, you know, we've never seen anybody do it like Kyler Murray. He can run and he can throw and, he, and I'm the, like, I think in the we just of, saw it. I think in the middle of the game yesterday, uh, I don't remember who was calling the game because it was a midday game and I was watching Red Zone and it was just funneling through. But um, somebody literally said, I think he's the best runner in the NFL and that's including Lamar Jackson. I was like, what? What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to take anything away from him as as no, an athlete, phenomenal, but I'm just but saying both like both people can be phenomenal. One doesn't automatically yeah. have to be and the best. Forget, and stuff like that. Patrick Mahomes can run around a little bit too. Like, let's Wilson not. Wilson can run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's not you know Gardner Minton. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of expectations, um. Do you have anything else? I'm sorry, you're hosting. I, I have bad. nothing else on this game. I didn't. Okay. I, I was shocked that you made it the game of the week, honestly. I mean, I made it the game of the week because, you know, going into the season, a lot of people were down on Miami and thought it was Buffalo and the Patriots and the AFC East. Mm-hmm. And then everyone knew the Cardinals were going to be good, but it was one of those, like, maybe they're a year or two away. So I just thought this was a good game. It kind of showed us, you know, who they were. Yeah, it was and a good game. Tua, Tua played a lot better. Tua played a lot better. It was a good game, but there was no. I mean, questionable decision-making. Um, both teams looked good. Both teams executed to their best of abilities, I thought. So I didn't really have any, like, wavering opinions on anything. Um, I don't even, I'm not even mad with the field goal decision late in the game yeah. by the Cardinals. Um, I mean, I am a staunch believer in go to win the game, but they wanted to keep the field goal. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get mad when somebody goes for it on the one or fourth and one. I'm not gonna get mad if you settle for the field goal because that's your choice. I would rather you go to win, but I mean, it also would have helped me in my pick'em. But hey, that's beside the point. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 
uh, there, there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, uh, again, it, the defense. This defense is better than a lot of people have given it credit, even though a lot of people are yeah. starting to give it more credit now. Um, Definitely, they do. I completely agree with defense. that. Okay, so. The next I was just game. saying, man, it's, it's your shit. You Look, it's been a, a long time since I hosted, it feels like. Uh, I know, it does feel like that. The next game that we're going to talk about is a game, again, I don't know why you put this on the rundown. Because <laughs> because this was a molly whopping. Uh, New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. Speaking of disappointment, <laughs> uh, I put this on the rundown uh, for two big reasons. The first reason was that I don't think the score reflects how good Tampa Bay can be and is actually the season. Um, and also I really wanted to bring it up because Tom Brady actually took um, a little bit of the blame this time. Remember we talked about this last time where uh, he kind of like threw everyone else under the bus yeah. and didn't acknowledge the fact that he fucked up on the fourth down. That wasn't fourth down that Thursday night game against the bears. Yeah. But he actually said, um, in the press conference afterwards that this all starts with me. It starts and ends with me. I'm the quarterback, so this is on me. Um, does that mean anything? Yeah, I mean, I think it means something coming from... I feel the, like... Go ahead. I feel like that's lip service. Like, if you were... When you were on a team and the coach says, like, that starts with me, it's kind of like, all right, yeah, there's no, another I, game to be played. It's not like it's the end of the season. If it's the end of the season and you say that, that's kind of a little more meaningful, but it's like... We, we got another game next Sunday. Like I understand what you're saying, but my point is that th- when it comes from the guy who literally two weeks ago what was at three weeks ago threw everyone else under the bus and is constantly like talking shit to his teammates and like screaming at people for that guy to say it's it's on me. I think that means a lot more than like, you know what I mean? <laughs> then like a coach, like you said, it's coach speak, but. You know, imagine like I, I'm, I'm trying to like imagine Scott by Scott being like, hey, guys, <laughs> sorry about that. This is on me. Everyone would be like, what the fuck? No, you know what I mean? No, like, we'd be like, yes, we know it's on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of the teammates um, were thinking that like, yeah, you're the one who threw those picks. Like, yeah, it's on you. I don't know. It's kind of like, like uh, what we were talking about with Tyler last week uh, when the guy says, my bad, my bad. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah exactly. we know it's your bad. You don't have to tell us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also wanted to bring this up because do you have anything um, you want to address about this game? Uh, I want to address. You mean? Yeah, I, I was referring to this as to myself as the the laboring arm bowl because both of these quarterbacks look like they had you're to put. Still gonna, you're still <laughs> not going to waver from this both point. Both of these quarterbacks look like they had to put their all into every pass that was made. Drew Brees had uh, a quarterback rating of one thirty five point two. Drew and a Brees Q, looked uh, phenomenal. Did Drew Brees complete complete a pass over twenty yards? One, no, but the, one. <laughs> And oh, that pass right. was only for 14 yards. You know why? Because the ball was hiked. They were in shotgun. So he was technically behind the 20, and he threw it to the back of the end zone. And so it's a quote-unquote 20-yard pass. They, 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 Drew Brees, I was wrong. I will say I was wrong. They're not going to go 8-8, eight and eight, obviously, with Drew yeah. Brees as their quarterback. But I will give more credit to that to Sean Payton because he has schemed up an offense, got enough fast guys around Drew Brees where he can live in the intermediate passing game and they can just scoot around and get yards. And it really helps when Michael Thomas is back and Emmanuel Sanders is back for him to throw the ball to. But shout out to Brady with three picks yeah. and giving them a lot of short field position. Well, yeah, definitely. And I, that's going to be a kind of a, a running motif throughout this entire episode is guys coming back from injury and what that means to certain teams, because there are quite a few teams that uh, got some guys back and actually looked like we thought they should look at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Another big thing I wanted to uh, mention, um, I wanted to give a big shout out to Trey Hendrickson. He's the defensive end for the uh, Saints. Bruce Arians at a press conference said he's like one of the easiest guys to block on the Saints <laughs> defensive line. Um, ended with up pick? with. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, that was okay. the guy who had uh, two sacks, two tackle for loss, and uh, two. So four QB hits all day. Um, big reason, though. Oh, my man's an owl oh, coming out of FAU, baby. So yeah, big shout out, big shout out Ain't to no my man. Thing. Brady shouldn't even take the blame for this. This is what taking the blame is. Uh, how many times did he get sacked? Like three, four times. His offensive line looked putrid. And if you're an older quarterback, the last thing you want to deal with is pressure. And he yeah. was getting pressured, hit, 
bump the whole night. He you should look at this? his offensive line and swear them up and down. Uh, he was only sacked three times, three but times. Brady, who never gets hit, uh, was hit nine times. Hit nine times. And there's a statistic yeah. where he's like the last or second to last quarterback basically once pressure is introduced. Yeah, so he got lit up 12 times. Which yeah. that He does not like that one yeah. bit. So do a better oh, job man. at your offensive protection. And he can take the blame because it sounds good. But you know, once he gets to the locker room and gets into quarterback, mean, I need better fucking protection. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're you're for you're for definitely right about that. Oh, Speaking man. Speaking of better protection. The Let's Houston, go from the two oldest quarterbacks to two of the youngest. Big dog. Houston Texans face off against. Brennan's Jacksonville Jaguars with a quarterback. I still don't know if I'm saying his name right because that game never got flashed in the red zone on my TV. Lutton? Okay. We're calling him Luton for a week now Um, because I feel like he was looting the Jags out of some money. Ayo! Brennan, take it away. Um, yeah, so DJ Chark was back, uh, which was really good to see. Um, he played really well. Seven receptions, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Um for those of you who don't know, Gardner Minshew is now ruled out with his fractured thumb. He was playing with it for uh, two weeks before he actually let the team know going into the bye week. So, um, which Did is, he say my we bad? talked about it. Did he say it's my fault? That's my bad. <laughs> no, I don't think he said that. But uh, we talked about it the uh, last couple of weeks. We were wondering why he was sailing throws and he didn't look the same. Well, he was playing with a broken hand, basically. Um, the Texans pull out the win. The thing I really want to talk about, though, um, it's painful as a fan to go through this. Um, I don't know. Since before Blake Bortles, it was Chad Henney. And it's always like we get a young quarterback in there. They have maybe flashes of a good game or, you know, a couple of good games they put together. And then it's like, oh, this is going to be the quarterback of the future. But deep down, everyone kind of is like, no, I, I don't think it's going to work that way. I was a big believer in Gardner Minshew. Um, and then he got hurt. I don't know and why. Now he's, I tried to talk you off that ledge many well, times. Then he, I mean, I, I believed in Gardner Minshew more than I believed in Nick Foles. And he the, won I you guys a Super Bowl. I can understand that. But um, it was, but now um, Lutton comes in and basically went toe to toe with the Houston Texans. Um, and they were, you know, it's, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was a good game to watch, but it was heartbreaking because, but the one good thing about it, I'm, I'm just rambling, but the one good thing I took away from this game was in the fourth quarter with very little time left. Lutton took them down the field and scored, and we had the opportunity to tie the game. Um, we missed a PAT earlier in the game, and that came back to haunt us, and then we ended up not getting the two-point conversion. But there are so many games as a Jaguars fan this year where you're watching ever since week three and, and on where you're just out of it by like, you know, the second or third quarter. And you're like, what are like, what are we even doing? Like, how do we beat the Colts and then go toe to toe with the Titans? And now we can't fucking put 30 points on the board. And so it was just nice to be, I mean, I know it's the Houston Texans. I know they were, you know, one in five going into the game um, or excuse me, one in six going into the game, but it was just, it was nice to see, you know, a rally at the end. An actual attempt to win the game. Yeah, exactly. But that's um, all I wanted to say about that. I will say I will say this now just as your friend. Don't don't buy stock in Lutton. No, I'm not. Don't don't buy stock in Lutton. <laughs> this has happened. This is just I just wait wish. for the draft, grab a Justin Field, Trevor Lawrence if you're nasty, if you're lucky. Uh do not put stock in Minshew, do not put stock in Lutton. Well, the thing that bothers me too is we took Blake Bortles so high, and I and that knew was a he terrible decision. I know, and that's the thing is, it's like some of these guys. I would much rather take a quarterback in like the fifth round to keep you like your head above water, and take offensive linemen to protect said investment. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I don't understand who the, who was the GM at that time. Uh, it's, it was uh, oh at that time oh shit. Uh, I don't think Tony yet took over yet. And Tony's no, not really had, even the GM. No, no, no. Uh, Coughlin was the president of football operations, I believe, at the time. Uh, okay, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have to actually I, dig I into it. I don't know what the design was because they ended up drafting Blake Bortles, who no one really had that high at that point. And it was like, oh, they're doing at a, any point in the draft process. Florida pick because uh, he went to Central Florida, and then they got Storm Johnson in the same draft, and it's like, 
what are we doing? We're just drafting UCF yeah. players. We're not even yeah, going was, from the bigger colleges. We're just, what is, what's the point of this? Well, and it's frustrating too, because it's one of those things where I think, um, especially a lot of the guys I listen to about the draft, they, it's not like, they're not biased towards schools or anything. So like, if you want to take a guy out of, you know, TCU, or you take somebody from like a one double a school, or you take somebody you know, from like, Rieger? well, but yeah, but I, but uh, I guess what I'm trying to like, I mean, right there. Sorry. I know, but what I'm I'm trying to say is that like, there's, um, there's certain things like, you know, listen to like uh, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper and them, they talk about all these different players. So when they take a guy out of a random school, I'm not like, Oh, that's a shitty pick. But a lot of times when they take a guy, like you said, from a Florida school to kind of like get the fan base going. It's like, no, that's a wasted pick. Yeah. I would rather you take a guy out of Appalachian state yeah, than exactly. take a guy out of like UCF or Florida just because he's a local dude. Yeah. We've taken Florida picks. Like, I think it was something I was looking it up. It's something like four out of our last six players that we've taken in the first round, or maybe it was three out of the last six. We're all from Florida and all busted. <laughs> and it was like, what is just stop doing it. Yeah. Jawan Taylor, we ended up taking in the second round, thank God, because had we taken him in the first, he probably would have been flamed out on us. You guys got C.J. Henderson as well, right? Florida, yeah, cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing well. He's doing well. Yeah, when he's on the field. (laughs) He's missed half the season. All right. So. Anyway. Seattle. Speaking of hard hitting. Speaking of being on the field. Uh. I'm I want to let everybody know. Ah, uh, <laughs> to it. I let everybody know. Josh Allen is back in the MVP conversation now. After we thought we buried it last week. See, my thing is, see, that's my whole thing. The recency. Don't be confused by what happened recently. Because if that's the case, then Russell should be out because he had a four well, no, turnover game. This is this is the opposite of that because we were using recency bias to say he was out of the MVP race. This whole season he's been no, in it until last I, week. No, 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 no. I was saying why I, from the jumps. I was like, why are we putting him in the MVP conversation in week two and week three? Like, let the season progress. And then he has two yeah, games where he flounders and everybody stopped. Like you said, no one was talking about the Bills for those like two weeks where he looked god awful, and then he has a good game, and everybody's like, he. He's back, like we said. Like, nah, you weren't saying that when he wasn't doing well. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I actually, I there's something about the Bills. Um, we all know Seattle's defense is horrific. Yeah, um, for some which is weird to say about a Pete, Yeah, it's weird to say about a Pete Carroll team, but um, um, the the Bills who historically the last decade have had a good defense. It seems like their defense has fallen off a cliff this last year. Yeah, I don't um, know what. Their defense was good last year, and it's not good this year. Yeah, exactly, which is weird because it was and, good last year, the year before. Even when they were garbage, people were like, well, at least they have yeah, that defense. I was say, and I know defense don't transition from one year to the next, but it's like <laughs> I can't tell you that many players they lost. And it just seems like everyone is playing a step slower, a step less full, a- actionable to the ball. I, I, they look, they don't look as vaunted. Vaunted's my new favorite word. Vaunted yeah. as they did last year. <laughs> yeah, they um, and it, it they didn't run the ball at all. At um, in this all. game, nineteen carries total for the entire backfield. My man, uh, Motor. That's including Josh Allen's like five runs. Yeah, for no, 18. I mean, yeah. I'm, Seven runs for 14, but yeah, I'm including those in there. So if you take away his seven, that's 12 carries total for the backfield, which I think is, I mean, I guess that's the NFL now. It's a gunslingers kind of world and we all just live in it. But, and you already alluded to it. Russell Wilson had monster numbers as far as uh, yards and completions and everything, but 41 attempts, two picks. He was sacked five times. Two Um, two fumbles as well. Yeah. So it's just, I I know that they're going to come back. I mean, obviously they're, Russ is going to have a not. I mean, he hasn't had a great game the last couple of games, but still, I mean, he's you know he's going to win the MVP this year. He's going to. He's I'm not going to say he's going to win the MVP. He's a he's likely candidate. He's a likely. Well, candidate. The, yeah, the MVP is all about storylines, and I he's got one of the better ones. Again, he has more interceptions than Lamar Jackson. And last week, you said Lamar Jackson looks a little shaky. Didn't see anything about Russ being shaky in the rundown because three, Russ has done it. Three longer. interceptions two weeks Russ ago. Has three interceptions a two weeks ago. 
Three interceptions to that Super Bowl ring. That Super Bowl, he had nothing to do with that Super Bowl ring. I'm just that saying. That Super Bowl uh, ring was one of Percy Harvin putt return, kick return. I trust <laughs> Russell Wilson because he's done it longer than Lamar. He's been Lamar around coming longer. Off, I understand that, but what I'm saying is Lamar's coming off an MVP season, and he's almost a second thought now with Kyler and Pat and everybody That's because else playing. Everybody, it's the same reason LeBron hasn't won the MVP in how many years? They're always looking for the next story. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you want to die on this hill with Lamar. Two. You're not he even a great fan. He has the most wins in uh, this much time <laughs> since fucking Dan Marino. He only had five losses in his career. Hey, all I'm saying, <laughs> and also I'm not saying that um, Russell Wilson is going to win the MVP because he's going to play the best this year. I'm saying that because it's writers that vote for this and writers love storylines. And the fact that he has talked about all year, that's, yep, yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say. And I mean, come on, man, you know, that's what it is. And I, and again, you and I, we can go in circles about the, the recency bias thing because <laughs> you hate it as much as I do. And it's, But it's just one of those things where I think Russ is going to get it together. And also, we've never seen a a Pete Carroll team rely this heavily on a quarterback before. So there's a part of me, and I'm going to zag when everybody's zigging, but there's a part of me that maybe Russ can't handle this workload. (laughs) Maybe. I'm just saying. I don't think that's the thing. I don't think. I think it's a bad day. I think it was a bad day. Somebody's going to clip that. Hot take out there. (laughs) I was going to say, what is it? West Coast going East Coast. I I still don't think that's fair to have them play a one o'clock game when going from West to East. I think it should be a four o'clock game. I Um, thought it almost, I thought it had to be a four o'clock game, but I I guess not. I guess, I don't know. I always thought it should be a four o'clock game. They go from East to West, it's a four o'clock game. Yeah, there was only three this week. Yeah, so I don't know. It's weird. But all right, that's enough for the big four. Uh, I got to yell at Brennan another week. Brennan, another week. I said Brennan both times. Uh, And with that, we go to. One more round. One more round. Brennan, take it away with the first one. All right. I just want to do a quickly hit on uh, Pittsburgh and Dallas. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Dallas defense doesn't look as horrendous when they get their starters back. Uh, Sean Lee back in the mix. Van Der Esch is back. Jalen Smith plays better when he's got those guys out there because Sean Lee is basically a a linebacker's coach who plays on occasion. And um, (laughs) Van Der Esch, when he's healthy, is a a very – there's a reason why they re-signed him. Like, he's a good player. Um, But uh, I just think it's – they took him down to the wire. Uh, they had that nasty hit on Roethlisberger. He went out for a little while. Um, I, I, I think Dallas is still as garbage as everybody says they are, as much <laughs> as I say they are. I just think it's – I put it in the rundown because I wanted to bring up the point that when they got some of their starters back on defense, their defense did not look as abysmal as it has the last eight weeks. Got it. And Gilbert Goffrey was their quarterback. <laughs> Gilbert Goffrey. <laughs> All right, I am here to talk about the Las Vegas versus the Los Angeles Chargers game. Again, Justin Herbert looks great. And again, the Chargers come down to a last-second score or not score. And again, the Chargers lose the game. I don't know how they have this loser-itis in their DNA because they cannot win a game no matter what when it comes down to the end. But um, Derek Carr looked good. For years, Mina Kimes is saying he's had one of the prettiest deep balls, but he just doesn't throw it because he seemed a little panicked or he seemed a little unsure about himself. But boy, is he letting it fly this year with Ruggs, Waller, and fucking, <clears throat> pains me to say it as an Eagle fan, Nelson Aguilar. Um, <laughs> I've, never, I've never wanted Nelson Aguilar to be wearing Eagles green ever in my life, as much as I did when he caught that long-ass touchdown. Um but yeah, uh, Oakland, for real? Chargers? Not much so. <laughs> One more oh, round. God, Chargers can never get it together. All right, <laughs> New York Giants um, at the Washington professional football team. Hey, my 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 Giants, they're my Giants yeah, now. Giants? My, my man Alfred A. Trey, oh, Alfred Morris. Oh, <laughs> averaging 7.4 yards a carry, nine carries for 67 yards. No, but uh wanted to just bring it up. Giants get another win, uh 23 to 20 against the Washington professional football team. Um I think Daniel Jones is kind of coming into his own. The big thing I wanted He's to not- talk about though, Ky- 
Why yeah, does he keep saying this every week? I, uh, <laughs> not every week. I just want Alfred to be on a good team. I did not give a shit about the Giants until Alfred signed. And then I'm like, let's go, Giants. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about it uh, mainly was because Kyle Allen goes down, uh, uh, is going to end up having to have surgery on that dislocated ankle. Alex Smith comes in. Alex Smith, uh, man. Yeah, and you know we all know that story. We love uh, we love him because of that story. He did throw three interceptions though, uh, had a touchdown, three hundred twenty five yards. Um, but the big story is going to be uh, D Hop moves up to second on the depth chart now, um, and it looked like they were like ready to cut him, uh, and now he's probably going to get some playing time because I don't know if Alex Smith's leg can hold up for the whole season, the rest of the season. So you call him D Hop. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins is D Hop. Oh, I don't want to say Hopkins for some reason. Good call out on that. Good looking out. Yep. It's staying in the show, so. Dwayne Haskins. Um, yeah, we didn't catch That's you. That's what happens when you get picked in the first round and you drop to the third <laughs> string. All right. The next game is Minnesota-Detroit. Uh, somehow Detroit Ooh. blocked two punts and still lost this game in God. convincing fashion. Uh, Matt Stafford goes down, as is checking my watch. It's about the time of the season where Matt Stafford goes down. Chase Daniel Dirty. comes in, and I'm checking my other watch, and it's about time where Chase Daniel comes in as, in relief for a quarterback. And um, I'm checking my third watch, my ankle watch, and it's about time for me to shove it in Brennan's face because Dalvin Cook, 200 yards, down your throat. Running backs don't deserve it. You will regret those words because every week a running back has a great week. I'm coming to your front porch, baby. (laughs) How does Zeke do? How does Zeke do with all that money? Zeke did nothing, but Zeke had COVID. That's an unblind story. We never talked about that one, Yeah, that's true. We never Um, talked about that. Minnesota makes the playoffs? Minnesota makes it. The NFC, the way it's shaking out right now. I have Um, them as the seventh seed. Yeah, they could make it. Uh, should we should we take some time here? Because we got a lot of time. We we went through those games pretty quickly, uh, more than <laughs> usual. Should we try to see who we think is going to be the front seven right now? We're about halfway through the season. Yeah, I mean, I can give you my picks. Go for it. Um, hang on, let me let me pull it up. Yeah, All right. So, scurry. <laughs> no, I got it. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'll just break it down. I'll go AFC first. Out of the AFC East, I have uh. The uh, Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East. I have the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers winning the AFC North. The AFC South is going to be the Tennessee Titans. And then the AFC West will be the Kansas City Chiefs. And then uh, as far as the three wild card teams, I've got the Las Vegas Raiders. I've got the um, Baltimore Ravens. And then I've got actually, no one's going to see this coming, but I actually have the Colts in the AFC. Yeah. I thought you were going to go Miami. No. Yeah. Um, I got, you know, between the Colts, Miami, Cleveland, like all those teams are kind of in the Raiders. Those are all kind of teetering right around there. Uh, um, I will replace your Colts with the Dolphins and everything else seems copacetic. Okay. Yeah. And then I've got um, in the NFC. God, I'm going to skip the <laughs> NFC East because oh, they don't deserve a all. playoff team. <laughs> now, um, in the NFC East, I've got the Cowboys. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke, everybody. Uh, no, I've got the Eagles. Then I've got um, Green Bay. Then I've got uh, Tampa Bay. Or excuse me, New Orleans. Oh, and then I'm, I've got New Orleans and Seattle. And then I've got uh, Tampa Bay um, getting in as the wild card. Uh, I've got uh, the Rams getting in as a wild card, and then I've got wow. the Vikings. Wow! Yeah, the Rams. Yeah, I think that I think the Rams are going to find their stride. Defenses have been starting slow this year, and their defense has been really good. So I think they're just going to get better. Um, I'm going to go just to get under your skin. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. I over fucking the Rams. hate Kyler Murray. <laughs> Nothing um, against you, Kyler. It's just the circumstance. No, no, I, I, I kid. Uh, yeah, I think that I think. Mm, mm, I might see. I might see a scenario where Arizona and the Rams get in, and Minnesota doesn't, just because they're kind of dig out of that hole. But um. Okay, so you're thinking three teams from the NFC West make yeah, the playoffs potentially yeah. because they all get to beat up now on San Francisco for the yeah, rest no, of the year. Um, yeah, and I mean, they're, I mean, those are all good teams. And they uh, all get to play the NFC East for the rest of the year as well. That's a part I'm of just so schedule. disappointed in Tampa Bay. Like, 
They looked like they were coming into their own, and then to get throttled like that by They're New Orleans, six it's like and three. I know, but you know what I mean. Just because of the way the playoffs shake out, it'd be one yeah. thing if, if, if they had if you lost like that, not to a team in your division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it is time to move on. We gave you guys a little bonus there. Shout out for the bonus love. Um, <laughs> next in the rundown, Brennan. College football. Yep, we're gonna do the college football minute. I hope everybody's ready. Here we go. All right, so um, Notre Dame upsets uh, Clemson. Clemson was without their starting uh, quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and apparently their entire defense. Nobody wanted to <laughs> fucking play defense in this game. Um, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is the end all be all as far as the Clemson Tigers, only because they get five star recruits all the time. By the way, I said that last week uh, when we were talking about uh, the Boston College game. I said, from everything I've been hearing, it was their defense that was more of a problem and not their offense, and it bare fruit again this week. Continue. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that didn't look good at all. Uh, my FAU as continue to roll. And then I put this in the rundown for you, Thank my you. main man, Joe Dorval. Miami is back. Not back. Baby. We should never be in a close game. Six against. and one, man. Ooh, Come on. They're ninth in the country. A, a last a second play against NC State. That's not a back Miami, but okay. Where, where's the defense, Manny? I'm not watching, but where's the defense? Oh, my God. 41 yeah, it was points a, from NC State. Is yeah, 44 to 41. That was, yeah, that was kind of a. <laughs> a I mean, there's, a, there's so many blowouts going on right now. I mean, Notre Dame putting up 47, Ohio State putting up 49, BYU putting up 51. And I mean, these are natural. And, oh, I we should mention, because I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, Georgia was this past weekend say, as well. I, I'm shocked you're not going to mention Florida, Georgia at all. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone knows how I feel. I played both in the swamp and in between the hedges, so fuck both those teams. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, but Florida, that game was actually really close at halftime, and then Florida kind of put it on them, uh, which reminds me of a story. You know, when uh, my freshman year, when FAU played Florida, going into halftime, it was 2021. And I don't know what Urban Meyer said to Tim Tebow in the locker room, but then they came out and put 21 more points on us, and we <laughs> lost 42 to 20. Dang. But, um, yeah. But it's not as bad as some of these. These scores, 48-3, to Texas A&M's throttle South Carolina. Um, it was a good uh, overall. Uh, and uh, you and I were both correct, Joe, um, in our um, establishing last week that Michigan is probably the Dallas Cowboys of the Big Ten in college football because even though they were only ranked 23rd in the nation going up against a really good Indiana team, if you asked anyone in the Big Ten five years ago, hey, Indiana's going to, you know, <laughs> be number 10. Michigan, yeah. It's no one would believe it, and now my uh, excuse me, Indiana's uh, thirteen, and they beat Michigan. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be on his way out mm-hmm. at Michigan. I think he'll go uh, to the NFL and do that whole thing again, where he gives you that raw, raw fire for two or three years, and you're good. And then all of a sudden, the players can't stand him, and he leaves. Yeah, I was about to say uh, that was kind of the knock on him going back to Stanford, then to San Francisco. That he has a shelf life of four years. And then it's kind of like, all right, everybody's burnt out on him. But yeah. as I've been doing in the last couple of weeks, who's in, who's out? As Brennan said, Michigan is out. They were 23rd. They got trounced. I don't know. I didn't see the score. They were trounced by Indiana, so they dropped out of the ranking. Boise State, don't know who they played, but they were 21st last week, and now they are out BYU. of BYU. They got throttled by BYU. BYU's like, uh, BYU's eighth above Miami. Yeah. I don't like that. But they're undefeated, so I'll give them that. Um, God, that's a. I don't want to interrupt you, but that's give them that. that's a weird juxtaposition. You've got the Mormon school above the <laughs> Miami, above the what? Above the Miami Hurricanes. I'll just okay. leave it at that. We all saw the documentary. <laughs> um, by the way, I read this very good story. It's an investigative piece on uh, the death of Brian Pata, who got shot oh, back right. in 06. Um, yeah, I remember it's on that. ESPN.com. It's really good. It's worth the time. It's a lot of investment. I read it over two days, but it's a very good story. <laughs> um, who's in the ranking now? Louisville. Louisville. Are they just? No, not Louisville. Louisiana. They're just Louisiana now, right? Not yeah, Lafayette. just Louisiana. University yeah. of Louisiana is back in the top 25 after not being ranked last week, along with Northwestern out of the Big Ten coming in at number 23. Uh, I know. Mike Also receiving votes, North Carolina, who Brennan still keeps trying to say Mac Brown's a good coach, Um, Army and Tulsa, and Utah, who is receiving votes even though they didn't play a game this past week because it got canceled because of COVID. 
I just want to point something out to, um, because you and I have talked about this before. Everyone's always talking about power five and power five, this and power five, that I just want to, I'm just going to quickly scroll through, um, the top 25, and this you'll get a kick out of this. I was like, this is not the year to tout the Power Five. No, that's what I was going to say. So <laughs> even in Power Five, smaller schools in Power Five conferences. So just listen to some of these names of schools that are in the top 25. And that is the um, FBS, or excuse me, the uh, Bowl Series um, eligibility. The big top, five. Top 25. No, no, no. This is the top 25 oh, oh, okay, schools yeah. in the country for the... Um, not FBS, the other one, uh, the FBS. College Bowl Series. Yeah, okay, I am right. FBS. SCS I don't know why I just, is the second one. That's okay. Championship yeah. Series. Okay, one, yeah. So the, this is the Division One power, or excuse me, the Division One top twenty-five. So Northwestern is in there. Um, SMU is back in there after years and years of not really being that good. But this is what I really wanted to get to. Now check this out: Louisiana, like you said, twenty-fifth. Liberty, twenty-second. Marshall, sixteen. Coastal Carolina, fifteenth. Like. BYU Cincinnati is ranked seventh out of the American. They're above BYU and above Miami. I I resent that one. That's what I'm I'm just saying. I I love this kind of stuff because everyone knows as a guy who played in the Sun Belt and now my team is in Conference USA. I get sick and tired of hearing people talk about Big Ten this and SEC that and Pac-12 and blah, blah, blah. And now there's finally some representation in the top 25. And uh, nothing makes me, I don't know, nothing uh, is just like a microcosm of the time we're in right now where... Wisconsin yeah. <laughs> is in the top 25 at 1-0. and They haven't played a game yeah. since the first game they won because of COVID. And is, USC yeah. is in the top 25 at 1-0 and because the Pac-12, who said they weren't going to play, decided to play, and now are here. And Oregon's 1-0 and at number 11. So. Yeah, it's it's insane. And you're right. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these rankings have to do with because everyone's playing in conference. So Marshall yeah. wouldn't be six and zero if it was a regular season and they were playing out of conference games. But yeah. I don't know. I just like to see it. No, no, no. That, that, I'm not shooting uh, what you were saying. I'm just saying like the the. It's just so ridiculous that you have teams that are one and Marshall should be ahead of Oregon. Oregon has one win. We know nothing yeah. about Oregon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like the teams that have played game, if we're gonna judge you on the games you've played, you should be ahead, not just because of name recognition. That's why I never believe any of these damn polls, anyway. especially like preseason polls. But anyway, off of that, uh, wow, we we made that minute a five ten minute segment. The quick hits. You'd be surprised how quick and quick name hits. Quick hit. Brendan, you explain the quick hits. So the quick hits, um, it used to be a segment where our um, old producer, L. Greg, would give us three to five questions to answer. We'd get the questions ahead of time and kind of do a little bit of research. And then Joe and I would go back and forth. Unfortunately, L. Greg is no longer with us. Rest in peace, L. Greg. Um, So now Joe and I come up with the questions and we kind of ask each other. Uh, Like I said, it's a little bit of research. We'll go back and forth on each question. The first question. The first um, question is. Trade deadline passed this weekend, Brennan. Was there any player, the NFL trade deadline, because it's the only trade deadline that's going on right now, folks. Uh, Was there any player that you wanted your team to trade for? Yeah, so the trade deadline was at 5 o'clock last Tuesday. Uh, so it was right after we recorded. So we um, Plus, we had that whole thing with Tyler, so we couldn't really get to it. Uh, you wouldn't shut up. <laughs> but um, my biggest thing with the trade deadline was – this is going to sound really weird, but with uh, Garner Minshew being hurt and everything, everyone is aware that Jameis Winston is on a roster, right? <laughs> well, he got in a game yesterday. I know. I saw that he was one for one. But, uh, and he kept eating have, W's all after the game. To, yeah, to have um, to have all the draft During capital COVID, that we have. He was eating W's in the middle of a pandemic. I did see that. Real um, smart, buddy. To have all the draft capital that we have and to not make a move, because I, I'll i be honest, um, I'll give Dave Caldwell the benefit of the doubt, and I know they just got Tom Coughlin out of there, so we'll see kind of what happens with the draft picks moving forward. <clears throat> but I haven't really trusted our draft picks lately in the last, like I'd say, five years. Josh Allen um, was the best draft pick I think we've had in the last while, and I called that. If anybody goes to my Instagram, at Brennan T. Comedy, and looks at my stories, I have it pinned up there. Um, 
But I just, I don't know. I don't understand why we're not trading for a Jameis Winston or Shad Khan is one of the most, um, is one of the very few owners that is a minority and he's not even, and he's open to the idea of getting Colin Kaepernick, but hasn't even, he says he's open to it, but then hasn't entertained the, like bringing him in. I don't know. I think we should have gotten some more, um, offensive something. I would say firepower, but not even firepower. Just, I don't know. But I thought that's what, that's what I was hoping for as far as trades. Anyway, Joe, did you, Want to see any kind of trades with your uh, Philadelphia Eagles? Yes, I did. Uh, I don't know if you know, but Travis Fulgham is somebody who's very popular on my team right now, along with John Hightower. Uh, those are our two leading receivers. Uh, no, actually, sorry, Greg Ward Jr., who was a college quarterback. Those are yeah. our three leading receivers this year. So um, Will Fuller's name, Will Fuller V, as I like to refer to him as. <laughs> uh, that's a Stu Goff spit. Uh, Will Fuller V was on the trade block in trade talks all week. We're potentially going to Green Bay. I would have liked for the Eagles to, uh, you know, just uh, listen to what they were considering and maybe make an offer to get a speed receiver who can go down the field and extend the field. I mean, you saw what he did yesterday to your Jags. Uh, what was it? A 75 yeah. When Deshaun Watson gets to, when Deshaun Watson gets to snap the ball at way past zero, zero on the play clock. That's not the point. Um, 75 yards. Yeah, cheating. That's not the, the point. <laughs> um, it's easy to throw a strike when the defense is like, oh, the play clock expired. But anyway, <laughs> you had a question. No, but yeah, I just, those were a few of the trades. And then also I was kind of hoping that Green Bay would get somebody on defense. And I don't think Carlos Dunlap is going to help Seattle at all. I don't think so either. Um, Now, uh, the next question is, this is going to be a little old, but he's still not playing. So we're going to bring it up. Will this COVID diagnosis hurt Trevor Lawrence's draft stock in the long run? Um. Does draft stock in the long run? I don't think so. Um, Is he still going number one overall? He's still going number one overall. Kid has enough tape. Uh, He's going to have more tape than Justin Fields. Justin Fields is only going to play like eight games, whereas even with this sitting out of two games, potentially three, he's still going to have at least 10 to 12 games on tape for this season um, because they're going to make the playoffs even with this Notre Dame loss because he's going to come back. They're going to beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship and then go to the Final Four. Um, So, yeah, this does nothing to impede it. Um, Hopefully he's fine and he's not – because that would be an interesting – Development say because we don't know the long term ramifications. What That's where the, I was going to go. With I was going to say, what if when he gets his medical at the combine, uh, something comes up that we don't know about, we're unaware of. Um, so in in the event that something like that happens, obviously that will um, potentially dampen his uh, draft stance because he's going to be seen more as a risk. But um, if we're going off pure talent alone, missing a couple games, I think he's fine. The NFL will look See, at it like when Cam Newton went out, it's like it's just an injury. Well, that's uh, it's funny you bring up Cam Newton because that's what I wanted to bring up. What my biggest concern is, and I hope this doesn't happen, but my biggest concern is that if he comes back, because Cam Newton, we were all saying sign him, sign him like in what was that week two or three? We were all saying yeah. sign him right now. Five sign years, 100 million. Yeah. And now he hasn't looked the same since coming back from COVID. And my worry is that Trevor Lawrence comes back and doesn't look like Trevor Lawrence. And then that's going to open the door for a lot of questions like. Are there going to be long-term effects? Is this who he is now? Can he not, you know, and I hope to God that that doesn't happen, but it's just something to look out for because Zeke has not looked the same since coming back from COVID. Cam hasn't looked the same since coming back from COVID. Some of these players that get it have lingering effects, not all of them, but some of them do. And it would be a shame if, you know, this guy's ranked, uh, is the highest rated quarterback since, uh, Andrew Luck coming yeah. out of the coming out of college. So it would be it would be a real shame if he, you know, gets derailed because of this fucking freak pandemic. Yeah. And carelessness of his school. And I mean, yeah. I'll talk about that in my walk off. Next question, Brennan. Yes. The Masters. I don't know if you know, but because of the pandemic, the Masters got moved from the usual April start time to November. And then we're going to have another Masters in April. So we're going to have two Masters within six months. So with that being said, the Masters, I believe, start this Thursday. 
Or is it next Thursday? This Thursday? This Thursday. This Thursday? This Thursday. Jeez, that's real fast. So, who do you think is going to win the Masters? So, full disclosure, I've got a lot riding on my man, the mad scientist. um, Oh, you go with the mad scientist. Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, um, I shouldn't say my man because he's kind of a dick. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I've got... um, I've got Bryson. I think he's been playing really well. I know Dustin Johnson is the top ranked player in the world. Um, John Rahm's right up there too. Um, but I don't know. I got. I have got Bryson DeChambeau. He put on that extra weight to try and like drive the ball a lot further, get more club head speed. So I think. I think he's going to take it. I hope he takes it because that'll be good for my wallet. But <laughs> if it's not going to be him, I'll take Patrick Reed or Brooks Kepka. Who you got? Um, I do want to make mention that uh, Sergio Garcia. Had to pull oh, out yeah. because he ended up getting COVID, and Mass is the only uh, major he's won in his long sword career. Um, and I mean, cliche, you know who I'm gonna say. I'm a chase history kind of guy. I don't know if you know this about me. So, <laughs> Tiger, as much Masters as Tiger could win to catch Jack, because that's the only major he's going to win from now until the end of his career, feels like now. That's the only opportunity he has to win a major from now until the end of his career. So, Tiger, um, I like DJ, uh, and I like DJ too. Like he's, I, I want to see him get get this, but Rory, I, I just don't think Rory. I mean, Rory has been Rory. so long. It feels like, and I like Rory. He's a good dude. Yeah, cool dude. Boom! Yeah. Masters predictions. Market Masters prediction. Market down. Market down. Market down. Now it is time for. Welcome to the big leagues. That's okay. This is the part of the show where we do not interrupt each other and we go for as long as our heart feels and we give you guys a personal story, essay, time, life and time about where we are currently on a particular topic. Topic? I said subject and topic at the same time just there. Um, Particular topic. So... Because of last week, I don't remember who went first two weeks ago. So I'm going to volunteer to go first. Now let Brian right. go last. Let him walk off the entire show. I'll walk off this inning, though. So, Brennan, as I like to say, shut up! Shut up! All right. My essay this week is titled COVID Football. The Notre Dame Fire Irish beat number one ranked. Clemson in a thrilling game, so I've been told. Uh, This concluded with a scene that we've seen for years. The student body stormed the field, a scene I always found endearing, a moment of pure joy and bliss, except for the fact that COVID cases are on the rise across the country. And On the other sideline, Trevor Lawrence is not playing in the game because he contracted the virus weeks earlier. Since I last touched on this topic, my praise has become hollow. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 have both started back up from the Power Five and not without their own hiccups. After Wisconsin won its first game, big game for the team with a redshirt freshman quarterback, their team ended up with so many positive COVID tests that they've had to cancel their next two games. In the Pac-12, Cal Be- the Cal Golden Bears season opener was canceled because before he can even take the field. 46 games have been postponed or canceled. Word came down today that LSU versus Alabama, a big game in the South, may be postponed and after, and this was after another ACC game had got postponed. That was Mississippi State versus Auburn. Texas A&M is starting to see some rises in cases. Well, my only question is, why are we doing this? Who are we doing this for? I lied. That's not my only question. What are we doing this for? Does any of this bring you any level of normalcy in the current time we're living in? And the onset of this, at the onset of this pandemic, coaches claimed that students would be safer on campus than if they were to go back home. I think what they meant to say 
And as coach Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State put so uneloquently, there's so many people that are asymptomatic. If that's true, then we sequester them and people say that's crazy. No, it's not crazy because we need to continue in budgets and run money. We need to continue in budget and run money through the state of Oklahoma. And I feel like that's the only reason we're doing this, to line our pockets with money. So the solution is all and well, right? So the solution is all and will always be trade the long-term health of these young men for the short-term financial gain. And if every and it's everyone, the coaches, the administrators, the networks, and the fans. We all say we love our teams, but not enough to actually protect them from a virus in the middle of a pandemic. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I don't think professional sports are one thing because, you know, the guys are getting paid what they're getting paid. Yes. So if they they want to take the the, risk. They had the, they take the risk and they had the option to opt out if they want to. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I I don't think college athletics should be played at all. Um, I think it's ridiculous that, because they guilt these guys into playing, even if you don't think they're doing it on purpose, subconsciously, like they want to represent their team and they want to play. I don't doubt that they want to play, but it's like you, you don't understand. Like, like it's one thing in the NFL, if you want to play and you play and then you get sick and God forbid you have long-term effects, but you're still, you know, you're, you're making enough money to where you'll be able to figure it out. Um, But in college, dude, if you get, think about these guys who are like bubble, like fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. Yeah. Then they get this and then they're just not drafted. And then that's it. Have fun at business school. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Have like, fun with long term lung damage. Yeah. Or potential brain fog or whatever else we don't know will come of this. So, yeah. Just using yeah. up these bodies and throwing them to the side. But I will shut up now. It's time for me to shut up. Shut All up. Right. Shut up, Joe. Shut up, Joe. All right. So, mine is called Three Plays. It's pretty short, but. I don't know. I thought it was poignant for what's happened this past weekend in sports. So three plays. Growing up in football, you can experience a lot of ups and downs, triumphs and heartbreak. It sometimes seems like you'll never oh, oh, sometimes seems like you will never overcome the slump that you find the team in or that you'll never be beaten when you're on a roll. When you are first finding out what it takes to win or lose at any level, it can be overwhelming. From the outside looking in, It almost looks as if there are so many factors that play into the outcome of a game. It was revealed to me at a young age that this is not the case. In fact, my former high school football coach, Jared Zito, put it like this. It normally comes down to three plays. Now, what does this mean? His idea for any game was that you can find three specific plays that turn the tide of the game. Many of you might be thinking, Brennan, this cannot be right. You're crazy. There's almost a 100 or more plays in a football game. I agree there, but his broader point was that you can almost always point to three specifically that changed the outcome. Just think back on any of the, of your favorite games, either ones you played in or watched, even in blowouts, you can find three plays that lead to the demoralization of one team or put the game in a position where the plan needed to be changed on the fly. For example, one pick six can turn a team that had the lead and wants to run the clock out into a team that is frantically throwing before time expires in the half to keep momentum. This can lead to even more picks and an even bigger deficit, but it all stemmed from the one play. I hear people say all the time, man, they should have left blank player in. He would have scored or defended the pass or sacked the quarterback or ran it in for a touchdown, whatever it is. But this is inherently not how things work in football or in sports in general. What the average fan does not always comprehend is if they did leave that star wide receiver in, he would have been double teamed. Or if they tried to hand it off to the power running back, the box would have been stacked. In football, like in life, there are constant ebbs and flows to how things develop. Since I first heard the three play speech so many years ago, I've always looked for it and I see it all the time. You as a fan will even hear it when the announcers talk about it, but it's in a not so specific terms. When a team misses a PAT in the first half or gets a first down on fourth and two in the third quarter, you'll hear things like that just might be the ball game. You think how there's still so much time left on the clock, but they understand what I needed coach Zito to spell out for me. It comes down to three plays. That's it. 
That's the walk off. I didn't. I thought there was more. <laughs> no, I told you it's short. I, I know, but I didn't think it was ending on that line. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I was. Well, like, it was yeah, I gripped. I, I was like. Where's the rest? <laughs> um, it was weird because I, I told you last week uh, with Tyler being on, we weren't going to do walk-offs. Um, we kind of agreed on that. And I was like, good, because I still want to do more research. But then I kind of abandoned that when I was watching the... Uh, well, because I want to I wanna do like a real thorough breakdown on... The other thing you had? Yeah, the, oh, I, we talked about it. Yeah, I wanted to do like a real like thorough... Like I want to look up basically draft positions versus teams versus coaches versus and it takes so much work and I'm yeah. just like and then this one and then after what happened this weekend because even that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring up the state Saints game too is because yeah it was a blowout but it was that first pick mm. and then the everything kind of falls apart and I, I tell people this all the time like people are like oh well you know so and so would have made that catch it's like yeah but if so and so was in the game they would have double teamed him and then the other guy would have been like you know what I mean like yeah. there's a constant ebb and flow to the game and it's like oh well they should have left Derrick Henry and he would have scored it's like no because if Derrick Henry's in the game they're going to stack nine in the box yeah it's the same thing as uh, the one play that kind of crystallizes it um well, I don't remember the year, but Seahawks, Patriots, Super Bowl, go for the run or throw the ball. Yeah. Yes, the throw was actually the right decision, but where they threw it was probably the poor decision. Well, and Malcolm Butler talks about it all the time. He's like, yeah, we we practiced that exact play and practiced a hundred times. Did you see um, the Bill Belichick, Nick Saban documentary? I watched parts of it. Yeah, yeah, I saw parts so, of it. So, did you see the part where they actually show that play and them practicing it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, like I, that, that's where I was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying like I've heard them talk about it, but then like they actually had the practice footage of them practicing and yeah. them like literally saying, "Hey, if he does this, you go here." And yeah, he executed it yeah, and exactly. That's, and that's the thing because my because it was weird. I remember when. It seems like, and I've talked about this on the other podcast, and I've talked about it with you before, like that quicksand mentality of like one thing goes wrong and then another and another and another. And it's it's bizarre because it's almost like like people don't understand, like in sports, I, I shouldn't say people, but sometimes fans, because I'll be at a sports bar or something, like getting lunch after work, and you'll hear people talking about like, oh, they should have done this, this, and this. And it's like, do you, do you not know how it works? <laughs> Like, yeah, you leave Derrick Henry in the game, then they're going to stack nine in the box. You know what that does? That opens up the entire rest of the field for Tannehill to look like a hero. Yeah. And it's like, but it's like, it's only, he only looks that way because Derrick Henry is yeah. in the game. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's like when people say, oh, that's the stuff that don't appear in the stat sheet. Like you said, yeah. uh, think about Brett Favre, Adrian Peterson. The reason Brett Favre was able to look so good in those years in Minnesota was because Adrian Peterson was such a powerful, dynamic, but not dynamic. He really couldn't catch, but a such <laughs> a such a force in the backfield that teams would bring more, leaving receivers like Sidney yeah. Rice and Percy Harvin single covered. And then all Brett Favre had to do was get the ball to those guys, and they'd run scamper for 20, 30 yards at a time. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the weird thing too. Is like, and and I really since I heard this first speech when I was a freshman in high school, I've kind of thought about it every time I watch football. Now, I literally will turn to my girlfriend. And I'll go, "That's one of them," and she'll be like, huh? I'll be like, "That's that's going to be one of the three plays where you look back." Like, look at the Jacksonville Jaguars just this past week, just as an example. We miss a PAT. Yeah. Um, we end up going to uh, the the one play where the time expired on the play clock, but did mm. they still let Deshaun Watson snap the ball, and then the two point conversion. That's the game. Yeah, that we literally those three plays that game. Two of those three plays in that game is different, and that's the thing is like people. So even in the Tampa Bay game, like it looks like a blowout, but it's like well, if you take away one of those picks, or if you take away a couple of the, like the early scores from the Saints, yeah. it's a whole different ball game because you play differently. Your mindset yeah. is different, and you know this. The Your mindset is, is totally different. different. Yeah, the, the is game is both yeah. The thing about it this way, uh, so we can end it on this. Uh, and you can say whatever you want after, but um, if that pick doesn't happen, the Bucks only ended up rushing in that game five times. Yeah. Their whole game plan has changed if they don't throw that first interception and are immediately that's, down 14-0. Yeah, exactly. And that's, <laughs> and that's kind of where I, because everyone looks at that score and they're like, oh, it's a blowout. It's like, 
Yeah, it was a blowout, but like you said, like you, the run game completely comes out of it. Yeah. You can't slow down the, the the Saints because now you're throwing all the time, stopping the clock. They're getting the ball back, and exactly. it's like literally that one play changed the entire game. Yeah, the whole outlook of the game is completely turned on its head. Yeah, so that was my walk off three plays, solid. And now it's time for I love my segues. It's time for and we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> By the way, folks, you can't see casual Breton. Breton's uh, new mode of recording is taking the microphone out of the whole holster and just sitting down. Take it out of the mic stand, baby. <laughs> sitting well, down, I only need casually it. leaning back. I only need it in the mic stand for when we're looking up stats and stuff during the first portion of the show. Okay. After that, we can just kind of roll with now, it. After that, you're free willing and dealing. I'll let you uh, go ahead and plug away first, buddy. All right. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening again. My name is Brennan Tassif. You can find me at Brennan T Comedy on all social media. Um, my website is BrennanTComedy.com. I've got a big show coming up the 14th of November. That's a Saturday. That'll be in Jacksonville. So anybody who's in Jacksonville, check it out. It'll be at Ace Arena, another mass charade. Uh, you can find all the information on my website. Again, that's BrennanTComedy.com. And check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. My um, guest this week is going to be a very familiar voice. It is Joe Dorville. Hey! We talk about some crazy drinking stories here and around the world actually um, it's a very good episode uh, as many of the listeners know I am sober now so I like to have guests on and we just shoot the shit about old drinking stories and comedy and music and all sorts of stuff so it's a lot of fun so check yeah. it out Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy yeah well, I had a lot of fun doing that can't wait uh, I'll say whenever you need a guest I am here for you my man cause that was really fun and uh, I love yeah. talking to you you're easy to talk yeah, to it was, thank you buddy um, mainly because you let me talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, so you can catch me at, well, you can catch this show first and foremost on Instagram and Twitter at cheering press. Follow those. Um, you can hit me up at Joe Dorville on Twitter and Instagram. Check out my album on all DSPs, uh, TV by headphone Joe, no, O, no E in the phone. And uh, check out the uh, New Low Network and all the glorious, lovely podcasts we do there from Wacky Silly to Hamilton Base to Sports Base, which you're listening to, and Science Base. We have some educators on there as well. So, as I like to say, Brennan, take us out. And that's why we play the game. Trey <laughs> Hendrickson coming out of FAU, baby. Ruin my hello. Hello. I jumped on that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to a new low podcast network. We've got four fun podcasts on our current roster for you. Every other Monday, you can enjoy the Misbehavior Journal Club, a podcast highlighting exciting developments in the neuroscience community, hosted by Amiel Moreno and Leia Krebit. Get some in-depth analysis of all things sports with Cheers from the Press Box, dropping two episodes a week, co-hosted by comic Brennan Tassif and hip-hop artist Joe Dorville. Catch me, Kyle Loader, with my right-hand man, Joe Dorville, every Wednesday as we discuss a different song from the Hamilton musical soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast. Last, but certainly not least, is our network's flagship podcast, A New Low, which drops every Friday. A New Low highlights a wide variety of current events that both disappoint and encourage our five diverse co-hosts, who are... Farzad, Headphone Joe, No O No E Dorville, Scott by Scott, L Greg, and me, Kyle. Every episode of all these podcasts and all of our social media details and links can be found at anewlow.co. That's anewlow.co. All our shows can also be found everywhere podcasts are available. Like and subscribe is the name of the game. Thanks again for all your support.